news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we glorify you. We magnify your great name and we praise you. We love you because you first loved us. We lift up this week's listeners to our podcast. We pray a special blessing upon the new listeners. We pray for the family of the victims of the Michigan State University mass shooting. We pray for the love of God to spread. We lift up our friend Leanne Wisnett and the loss of her brother. We pray the blood of Jesus over bone cancer. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of the image of the invisible God, Jesus Christ, amen. We continue our February Love Month series with the lessons that seven couples in the Bible can teach us. Now that Valentine's Day has passed, some couples might decide to take their relationship to the next level. The current trend of a 50% divorce rate, even among Christians, is alarming. So I submit to you that God has a mate for you, but connecting with them will require doing some things his way, not ours. The story of Isaac and Rebekah is found in Genesis chapter 24, and Isaac was the heir of promise through whom the agreement between God and Abraham would continue. In those days, and it is still common today, parents arranged the marriage of their children. Abraham's oldest servant was tasked with finding a wife for Isaac, since his father Abraham was very old and his mother, Sarah, was dead. Abraham had commanded that Isaac not marry from the ungodly Canaanites where they lived. Which brings me to my first point to reduce the divorce rate. Christians should not marry unbelievers. Do Christians fall in love with unbelievers? Yes, absolutely. Do they stay together? Yes. And do they also divorce? Again, the answer is yes. My friends, light has nothing in common with darkness, and instead of a Christian bringing their unbelieving spouse to Christ, the opposite may happen. The unbelieving spouse may lead the Christian away from God, or perhaps lead the children away. Abraham was not going to take that chance. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? My brothers and sisters, perhaps the 50% divorce rate is from couples not being compatible to begin with. Abraham's servant knew that his mission would take the intervention of Almighty God. So he prayed about it. And that brings me to my second point. Christians should pray for a God-sent mate. While the other patriarchs had multiple wives, Isaac married Rebekah, and she was his only wife. Which brings me to my next point about relationships. And that is, love is a decision. They decided to love each other, and God sustained them. He will sustain us through the tough times if we ask him. The next couple I want to examine is Ruth and Boaz, found in the book of Ruth, chapter 2. Ruth was a widow from Moab, but 
She was also a believer in God. Boaz was a wealthy Jewish landowner. On the surface, this doesn't look like a good match. A poor widow and a rich single man, and that is my first point about this couple. God looks at the hearts of those who trust him, not their backgrounds. Ruth listened to the advice of her mother-in-law, who instructed Ruth to make the first move, which is my second point. Ladies, don't be shy. Go after who God places in your life. The results of the marriage of Ruth and Boaz was that Boaz was the great-grandfather of David the king. Both Ruth and Boaz are listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew 1st chapter 5th verse. The story of Mary and Joseph was love in action. Can you imagine the look Joseph had on his face when Mary announced that she was pregnant? Joseph was engaged to be married to Mary, and under Jewish law, they were married, but they had not slept together. Both Mary and Joseph believed in God. Joseph had the right to publicly divorce Mary. My friends, 99 out of 100 men would have divorced Mary on the spot. And Joseph was not the one. Jewish law called for punishment of the adulteress to receive the death penalty, coming from Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 21. But public disgrace was the punishment at that time. Joseph did not want to embarrass Mary publicly, so he decided to divorce her privately. An angel came to Joseph in a dream with instructions to fear not, keep Mary as your wife, and name the boy Jesus. This brings me to my next point. Both Mary and Joseph had to trust God and obey Him. My comrades for Christ, if we are truly honest with ourselves, we trust God we just don't obey him, and he requires both, and Mary and Joseph displayed both. In Acts chapter 18, Paul went to Corinth and met a couple named Aquila and Priscilla. Paul was a tent maker by trade, and so were Aquila and Priscilla. What made this couple so special is that they started a church in their home. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 19 here is an example of two like-minded spirits who partner in the ministry to bring souls to the kingdom of God. When one spouse is kingdom-minded and the other is not, it shows the importance of praying for a like-minded future spouse. Ministry is difficult, but the support of a spouse makes the job easier. When Christ is at the head of the family and two people are of similar spirit and maturity, then the ministry and the family will grow. Luke, first chapter, verses 5 through 7, describes a couple who had prayed for a child and it seemed like their prayers would go unanswered. Zacharias was a priest and his wife, Elizabeth, was also righteous before God. The Bible says that they were both well advanced in years. Every Christian man is a priest in their own home and they should lead the family in prayer. Second, if you are married to a righteous, godly woman who lifts up her family in prayer, you have a good thing. My friends, please know that God hears the prayers of the righteous, and His answer depends on His will. He gave His answer to Zacharias as he was serving in the temple. 
the angel Gabriel appeared to Zacharias to announce that Elizabeth would conceive, bear a son, and he was to name him John. Zacharias did not believe the angel's words. As punishment for his unbelief, Zacharias was made a mute, and he could not tell anyone about this great news. He would remain speechless until John was born. Meanwhile, Elizabeth had been childless all of her life, which was a disgrace in the Hebrew culture, signifying God's punishment. But God answered her prayers, and after she conceived, she hid for five months, which brings me to my next point. My brothers and sisters in Christ, when you earnestly pray for God to answer your prayers, believe it when it happens. Zacharias couldn't tell anybody about his blessing, and Elizabeth hid her blessing. The world needs to know that there is a God in heaven who answers prayers. Tell somebody. Elkanah had two wives in 1 Samuel 1st chapter, Hannah and Peninnah. Peninnah had children while Hannah was bare. Peninnah teased Hannah constantly because she was childless, yet Elkanah still loved her. Although polygamy is not allowed in the United States, the lesson here is, husbands, love your wife regardless of her childbearing status. Folks, it pays to be married to a woman who is wise, displays courage, and takes initiative. Nabal was married to such a woman. Abigail's story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 25. When David and his men gave Nabal's shepherds protection, David asked for a present, and Nabal refused. This angered David, and he was on his way to deal with Nabal when Abigail stepped in and brought David and his men food and wine. My friends, if you are married to a righteous, godly person, love them unconditionally. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the examples that you left for us to study in the Bible. We pray for godly couples who love you because you first loved them. In the name of Jesus, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer requests, your praise reports, and your comments to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.